0: Today on the podcast, you'll hear a message from Charles Stanley. Dr. Charles Stanley is the founder of In Touch Ministries. His life's work is about sharing the love and kindness of God, because as he says, it's the word of God and the work of God that changes people's lives. You can watch more messages from Dr. Charles Stanley on In Touch, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. and Sundays at 7 a.m. Mountain Time on Miracle Channel. Let's dive into the message.
1: When you are going through difficulties and disappointments and trying times in your life, how do you respond? What's the difference in your conduct, in your temperament, even in your facial expressions, when you're going through a hard time or when things are just, just suit you fine? What's the difference? Do you let the hard times get you down? Do you find yourself being less friendly? Do you find yourself having a hard time making decisions? What upsets you? Now, you say that you've trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and you are a happy person. But when things are not going your way, and you've suffered real disappointments, or hurt, or physical pain, How do you respond? Does it absolutely wipe you out? Does your disposition change to the point that people say, well, what happened to you? I thought he was a Christian. What's all this about? Are you the same person when things are going right and when things are going wrong? When you find yourself disappointed and you want to hang it up and walk away. Whatever happened to your faith? Whatever happened to your relationship with Christ? That relationship doesn't change. Maybe the way you express it changes a little bit, but that's because maybe you've never distinguished between happiness and joy. What's the difference? Well, when Paul wrote the book of Philippians, only four chapters, it's interesting what you find. In these four chapters, over and over again, in fact, once out of every seven verses, Paul speaks of joy or he speaks of joyful. So, I want you to turn to Philippians, if you will. And I want us to just read these first uh, few verses here in the fourth chapter to get us started. He says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, my joy." And crown in this way, stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. I urge," and he names a couple of persons here, Unia and Seneca, to live in harmony in the Lord. Indeed, he says, true companion, I ask you also to help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel together with Clement, also the rest of the fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. And so, he goes on with that and then he says, Rejoice in the Lord always, again, I will say to you, rejoice in the Lord." What does it take for you to have joy in your life? And when I think about where Paul was, he had all the reasons in the world to be miserably unhappy. In a Roman prison, probably cold in the winter and very hot in the summer, knowing that more than likely his future had already been determined. That he'd probably lose his life, but somehow he writes in those conditions this joyous epistle that continually talks about joy and about the relationship with the Lord that doesn't fit his environment. And so we'd have to ask ourselves the question: Well, now if I were in that situation, uh, how how would I feel? Would I be happy? Would I would I have joy in my heart? Would I be content? Would I be talking about all the good things that God had done? Or would I be complaining? The Apostle Paul knew how to handle his circumstances. And when I think about that, I think about he didn't just have joy, he had triumphant joy. Joy that overcomes the difficulty, the hardships, and the disappointments in life. And so as we think about that, let's think about distinguishing between. Joy and happiness. A lot of people say, Well, I'm, I just want to be happy in life. Well, happiness depends upon circumstances. Happiness depends upon maybe what you have, maybe what has you, and who you are, and all the rest. But joy has something to do with the inner person. Here's the difference my happiness depends upon my circumstances. My joy depends upon a relationship. That relationship with Jesus Christ can sustain me in any difficulty, hardship, and trial. Happiness cannot. There is a strong difference between happiness and the sense of joy that the Apostle Paul had. And as I think about it, I think about joy is a God feeling. Happiness is just a light-hearted, worldly feeling. A lot of things make people happy and unhappy. But when you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, and the Holy Spirit sealed you once and for all as a child of God, and you know that that can never change, it doesn't make any difference what we face, what valleys we walk through. Deep down inside, there's an overwhelming sense of joy, contentment that we can't even describe. And when Paul wrote this epistle, that's what he was experiencing. His future looked very, very dim. In fact, it looked deadly dim. So, he could not look around and say, I'm happy for this reason or I'm sad for that. But he didn't have his mind on his circumstances. And I think oftentimes, we who are believers, we allow circumstances to determine our disposition, how we look, whether we smile or do not smile. And we get trapped by circumstances. Godly people do not live by the circumstances, they live by their relationship with Jesus Christ. Sealed forever as a child of God. And nobody can break that. A person may get in prison or out of prison. And Paul knew that where he watch this. Paul knew that where he was was not going to determine where he was going to be. He was going to be in the presence of the living God. And until then, the joy of the Lord He intended to express. So, when you think about peace in your life and joy in your life, what do you think the source of it is? And isn't it interesting that people can go through just a little bit of trauma, a little bit of heartache, and they just get all out of shape. And uh, there are people who can go through the most trying, difficult times. But there's an undergirding. There's there's a sense of foundation. There's something that's immovable on the inside, and Paul knew exactly what that was. But I want you to notice something that's missing in this passage of scripture. There's something in this in these in these four chapters. Something is missing. You think, well, did Paul forget something? No. But there's something missing. What's missing? No mention of his sorrow over being there. No mention on oh, how bad the circumstances were. And no complaining about his surroundings. Now, most of us, that would have been our conversation. I don't know why I'm in here. <laughs> I wish he'd get me out of here. And Paul is thanking God that the next Roman soldier who comes in to be his partner for our session, um, he's thanking God for his opportunity to sit in the cold, Roman prison or a hot one, depending on the weather, and share the truth of the Gospel. Just think about what those men walked away with. Now, they were lost and probably, and didn't believe anything, but by the time the Apostle Paul had three or four sessions of them, how could they not believe because there was no human explanation for Paul writing this awesome epistle. All these verses talk about joy and rejoicing in the Lord. Because he knew something. But listen this carefully. He knew the same thing that you and I know. And we have it all written down. Paul was listening to God speak to him. We have it all written down. And so we know why and what and what went before and what went after us. And somehow he had this unshakable sense of joy. And in this particular epistle, and he wrote many epistles, this is the one that talks about joy, confidence, and assurance above all the rest. But you don't see any complaining, but rather an explanation of his awesome sense of joy. So, what's the source of it? Here's what it is. The source of his joy was his personal intimate relationship with Jesus can't be anything else now watch this you have the same privilege the apostle paul had a couple of thousand years ago you have the same privilege Jesus hasn't changed and it's his plan that wherever you and i are he wants to be in the process of being in us which he is through the holy spirit but but being through us to other people—that's what the Apostle Paul was doing. He was he was sharing himself with them. And um, when you think about it, his joy, was unshakable. He was still rejoicing in the Lord and praising Him while he was in prison. So let me ask you: when when things get really tough for you, uh, do you go to prayer and tell God about them and? And um, tell them why things ought to get better and claim a few answers to prayer. Do you ever rejoice in the Lord? It took me, I have to admit, it took me a long time to get that out of the pages (laughs) into my heart, to rejoice in the Lord and to thank God when things aren't going well. Listen, these are the times we grow the most. These, These are the situations and circumstances that grow us up. This is where we get a glimpse of what the Christian life is all about. Christian life is not all about everything going our way and people uh, being kind and nice to us and being sure we have everything we want and this, that, and the other. The Christian life is all about the Lord God being what we need when He's the only one that can meet our need. And when He said, count it all joy, that's exactly what we meant. Now, the choir can sing all about that. They do a fantastic job of singing all about the joy of Jesus and the power and all the rest. And we love to hear it. But can you honestly say that you have the joy of the Lord in your heart? You say, well, I'm happy about things. No, that's not the same thing as joy. Happiness comes and goes. Joy that's of God. Becomes the foundation of our life every single day. That no matter what happens, listen, that foundation doesn't move. And I want to say to people who believe you're saved today and you can be lost next week and next month, and uh, this is taught by some pastors and some I'm still teaching it, which is pure error. How can I have confidence and joy in my heart when I could lose my salvation? You say, but people sin against God, and you mean even if they sin against God, they they don't lose their salvation? Let me ask you a question. Have you sinned since you were saved? Yes. You haven't lost your salvation. What do you call that? G-R-A-C-E, grace. That is God's awesome grace to us. And so, when when you think about, when you think about this kind of joy, this kind of joy is a spiritual gift. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, Love, peace, peace, right. Love, joy, peace, goodness, and all the rest. That's the gift of the Holy Spirit. When you were saved, the Spirit of God came into your life to seal you and indwell you and to do what? Here's what He began to do. He began to overflow through you who He is. Love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, and on we go with the gifts of the Spirit. You watch this. You have the fountain. You have the fountain of the Spirit of God within you, overflowing constantly. No matter what you're facing in life, He's there. And we talk about the Holy Spirit, but think about him as a fountain, ever flowing. Now, here's what happens when you sin against God. Mm, and what happens? Watch this. He doesn't leave you, but you can't experience the joy of the spirit of God living in sin. And so you have the fountain on the inside. That's that's the Holy Spirit. So somebody says, "Are you happy? You're better than that. You are filled with the spirit of God." And he's living within you, working through you every day. And I wonder how often we stop to just thank You. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, thank You, thank You, dear Jesus for living in me, living through me, and doing what You promised to do. And so, here's the promise of God based on His Word, not my feelings. There'll be feelings in your life that you think, God, you must be a thousand miles away. No, He's right where He's always been, living on the inside of you. But we're the ones who forget. We allow feelings. To overshadow, overcome this awesome reality of God living inside of you, living through you in order to express who He, watch this, in other words, uh, when you look at the moon, for example, you can think about God being the creator of the moon, how beautiful it is, and so forth, or the sun, or whatever it might be, you can look around. But what's the most important thing? It isn't what God's created, it's who God is. He chose. When you think about this, God ordained and chose to live within us, to manifest Himself, His power, His joy, love, joy, peace, goodness, and on we go. And that's what God wants within each and every one of us. Now, the only thing that clogs that up is sin. Unbelief, for example, or disobeying God, it doesn't do away with it, but it sort of clogs it up. You can't live in sin and have the joy of Jesus. Doesn't work, And every once in a while I meet somebody who says, well, yes, I'm a Christian, and then the longer we talk and I hear about what they're into and up to and who they're with, and I'm thinking, no, you, you may have a little bit of happiness coming and going, but you don't have the joy of Jesus, or you wouldn't be living this kind of life. That's, that's who He is. He's living within us to do what? To establish us. To make us immovable in difficult, trying times, to protect our faith, to give us guidance and leadership, to answer our prayers, to show us the right way. Almighty God living within us through His Holy Spirit. And so the Spirit of God. Enables us to live through anything and everything triumphantly. Doesn't mean you won't have tears. Doesn't mean we won't be in the valley at times. Doesn't mean we'll always do the right thing. But He'll bring us through it. So, when we say the fruit of the Spirit, that is, the overflow of the Holy Spirit within us is not only love, but there's joy. And when that joy is in your heart, no matter what you're facing. That's the joy of the Lord, not the joy of our abilities and talents and skills, but the joy of the Lord God Himself. And Paul writing this to encourage them, to help them understand that no matter what they're facing, that this joy is realistic, even in times of suffering. You see, here's the difference between joy and happiness. Happiness is based on my, listen, based on my condition or my desires or my environment or my friends or many things. Joy is based on relationship. So, if you're going to write something down, you write it down. Happiness is based on conditions, whatever it might be. Joy is based on relationship. My conditions and situations and circumstances change. Every day they change. My relationship with Him does not change. It is an eternal relationship because we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of the living God. So, Paul could sit there with those Roman soldiers and he had a relationship with God that no matter what happened, He would one day be released from that. It was his relationship. It wasn't his surroundings. Everything surrounding him would have brought him to despair and a dismal existence. But even in a Roman prison, there was this awesome sense of confidence and assurance. Did he like his circumstances? Certainly not. But you see, watch this. Our relationship with God is not dependent upon our circumstances. It's dependent upon an intimate personal relationship that started in your life when you trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, even when you were a little boy, a little girl, or an adult. So that it's it's not our condition or our situation or our circumstances, but rather our relationship. Don't forget that. Your relationship to God supersedes everything else. Your circumstances may change and will change, but not your relationship to Him. And I think He was thanking God for that, and He was thanking also God for the privilege of suffering. And just because we go through hardship and pain and suffering and trial, watch this, doesn't mean that God has moved one inch. Sealed by the Holy Spirit <laughs> unto the day of redemption. And when I think about that, how can we rejoice? When we are hurting because of physical pain and so forth? Well, several reasons. We can rejoice because we have Him to walk through it with us. We're not walking through it by ourselves. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. A second reason listen, He's in control of your circumstances. That is a major issue. He is in control of your circumstances no matter who thinks they are. He is in control of your circumstances. Thirdly, He'll cause these times to turn out for our good no matter what. When we understand what real joy is like, we we understand why difficulty, hardship, and pain are only temporary. And then there's nothing that can separate us from His love. And when you think about all these things, and I hope you're jotting them down. And we can thank God for what He's doing in us. And I want to read a passage of Scripture in uh, First Peter. This is not Paul's writing, this is Peter. But I I, I love this passage, and I love because Peter also suffered. But in First Peter, beginning in verse 3, the first chapter, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to His great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Period. He could have stopped there, but he didn't. In order that we might obtain an inheritance which is imperishable, we can't lose it, undefiled, it's perfect, and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Who, speaking of us, are protected by the power of God. Through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now, for a little while, if necessary, you've been distressed by various trials. So that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, May be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ." What an awesome word. And though you have not seen Him, you love Him, and though you do not see Him now but believe in Him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of joy. That is an awesome passage of Scripture of promise after promise after promise. And they're all God's promises to us that you and I can claim. The proof of your faith being more precious than gold. Now, most folks wouldn't agree with that. Look at that. The proof of your faith being much more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor the coming of the Lord. Do you have joy in your heart? Doesn't sound like it. (laughs) Doesn't sound like it. The joy of the Lord Jesus Christ. That isn't just a feeling. It's an awesome assurance and confidence overflowing within us because of who we are in Christ Jesus.
0: Thanks for joining us today.